Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 491. I'm here. (laughs) I'm joining you, Johnny. I'm back. Well, I'm on an island in Thailand, but I'm back on the show. Well, technically, aren't we all on islands? Just bigger or smaller? That's true. I mean, it's one big floating rock. I mean, yeah, we're an island in space. I I have, uh, technically, I think North America is an island. It's just a really big one, and I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Terry, islands upon islands, it's all in your head, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Just get out that piece of paper that represents the flat world that we live on, and we're, we're all good, whatever island it is. All right, welcome in, everyone. Again, 491, I'm coming from Koh Samui, Thailand. I've had the pleasure of recently being in Singapore and also Malaysia. In fact, it was a good call. Last week, we were talking about uh, you guys ended up uh, going on without me. I, my plane was landing right as the podcast was supposed to start. It was supposed to land. But after a 17-hour flight, it was slow coming in, and then on top of it, we got off to a slow start. So actually, I didn't get off the plane until you guys were practically done with the podcast. So it was good, good call that uh, we, uh, we assumed I wasn't going to be available and immediately got to go out to a course. And uh, I played my first ever course in Singapore, uh, thanks to Lance and uh, Wes and Cy. Absolutely awesome to be able to say I've now officially played in Singapore. Yeah, and we had Ben Kenny on last week, who obviously ran this past weekend's Northeast Disc Golf Expo, which, from what all accounts, was phenomenal. Everything I've seen from it, people are raving about uh, about the attendance, about the the uh, the the guest speakers, the <laughs> the non guest speakers who showed up. Uh, there, there were quite a few people, and uh, just based on what I heard. Simon had the longest line to see him. So. Really? What, Shocking. Well, I mean, it's the Simon line. Simon it, line? It is right? Simon's line, so, yeah. But, I mean, you've got big hitters like, something like that. Paul McBeth there. You've got Jeremy Coling there. You've got Jeff Spring. Um, it, you know, it, there's, uh, 
there there were some heavy Chasing hitters the there, but we had yeah, Mark Jason. there. Yeah, That's no. Right. Um, here's what I'll say quickly: is I did reach out. Uh, it, albeit it was just a few minutes ago, uh, I reached out to both uh, Ben as well as uh, Miles Parkhill, who I know was mm. uh, also been a big, huge help in the last few years. And I was asking for any kind of numbers. I don't need to know like <laughs> their financial breakdown, but I am curious, of course, to hear because you just said it seemed like every other post within my feed while I was here in the last few days was something from the expo. So by by that standard of just what I'm seeing on social media, it seems like it was a wild success. So hats off to those guys. I think that clearly is uh, a new event that people will put on their calendars and people will continue to try to find their way there or be you know, become possibly repeat, uh, you know, vendors, uh, I was going to say spectators, vendors, attendees, whatever you want to call it. So congratulations to those guys. The only complaint I have is if it continues to be basically on that same weekend, I'm probably going to be in Asia almost every one of those years. Well, Um, Terry, so from a very whiny personal perspective, Mm -hmm. that's my only complaint. If you listen to the podcast, which I know you didn't, um, Ben talked about doing a second weekend, possibly somewhere else. So he that's okay. his, that's kind of his goal for 2025 or maybe even the end of 2024 who knows is to do a second expo somewhere else in the country whether that's you know somewhere in the Midwest maybe closer to Miles maybe that's somewhere on the West mm. Coast um maybe that's down in Charlotte who who knows but Ben has big aspirations so I'm excited that this one once again another year went off without a hitch um and that there he couldn't ask for anything more. I'm sure he's still smiling ear to ear. I did not get a chance to check out the uh, staggered stance to get any input, but I'll probably listen to that maybe tomorrow if I get if I get the opportunity. Well, that's great. Um, <laughs> good to hear. And uh, I was just thinking the other day about how there was the um the plan or the attempt to try and pull this off in vegas and was that that wasn't the year of covid was it uh, i don't feel like it was um i feel like it was maybe even a year or maybe even two after either way I, it's funny how time slips by us that might have been only 2022 whenever it was uh again i feel like they had probably a lot of similar um stuff with the exception of being in better weather and the opportunity to then to incorporate some kind of you know skins matches and and play that was going on throughout the week but uh or yeah throughout the entire week and they were more uh week based versus weekend if i recall but the fact that uh Ben and crew and everyone else that's been involved with that has gotten it to where it is and clearly is like i said uh going to become a staple mm-hmm. i think is absolutely awesome and i do feel like there's going to be more of them. People will be able to take kind of the, uh, the the blueprint of what he's done and possibly find a way to, to replicate that. Because as we said, these definitely should be in some capacity regional uh, just because it's probably a big haul for, you know, people from, I don't know, the West Coast, for instance, to be like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. Let me go into, <laughs> you know, the Northeast during winter. Um, so I think is you may see some of these uh, pop up in a regional sense, whether that's Ben or other people that's heading them up. I think that's uh, likely what we're going to see. I know we talked about having one in the Midwest at one point, and uh, I talked with a couple of local organizers, and I feel like uh, now we're now everyone's going to be playing catch up to what Ben <laughs> is doing, which uh, is nothing but a compliment to him. So, 
Uh, real quick, uh, just to clarify for anyone out there, I only took a look at the chat here for one second. Um, yes, Kosamui is uh, an island in Thailand. I've always been calling it the second largest island because I read that on Wikipedia five years ago. I saw a piece of literature that said it's the third largest. Either way, there's like 1,483 different islands. So when you're talking, <clears throat> when you talk about it being the second or third, obviously it's pretty substantial in its size, but nothing you can't get around in a, uh, a couple hours on a moped or a scooter, <laughs> so to speak. Have so, you, mo- have uh, you been, have you been mopeding, Terry? Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. I was going <laughs> to save this for later, but real quick, I, I was thinking on my drive here this morning, because there's nothing like a 12-minute scooter ride in Maynam rush hour traffic on a scooter. I was thinking about the, the, the things that are required here. And first of all, it's the people. Second of all, you're here for the course, which people are literally playing right behind me. And then third of all, it's the scooters. Like uh, somebody would probably put the food in there, but I'll go scooter. My, so the first two are great. People have been amazing. A ton of people that were in Malaysia are here uh, this weekend playing. And then a bunch of people that are here this weekend are also going to be in Chiang Mai in Northern Thailand playing. Awesome. Unbelievable. Uh, the course, a couple of updates, a couple of changes. People are liking it. Luke and the crew here have been doing a phenomenal job uh, ever since Nigel has left, and everything seems to be going really well here. So loving that. The scooter, there's an evolution there. My scooter, <laughs> I don't believe this, is actually has a key fob. And I don't, I mean, you think about what a scooter or like a moped has these days. Of course, there's, you know, decent ones and there's fancy ones. Mine's not even that fancy or that powerful, and it has a wireless key fob, just like wow. you'd have for a car. I don't even have to put it in the, it just It's just hilarious to see that even when it comes to something like scooters, the evolution of where they're at. And, uh, yeah, I, was, I, I think I got it up to a full 90 kilometers per hour last night uh, on my ride home uh, when it was kind of late and no one else was on the road. So, yeah, doing some work out here. <laughs> Well, just Loving be safe. It. We know Loving that you have it. a slight history with scooters and, <laughs> you know, so keep, keep, funny. keep it keep it on the ground, Terry, and keep yourself yeah. off the ground. Yeah, as, as Barnett would say, keep it on two wheels, no wheelies. Uh, certainly not. And I was driving here, using my helmet, all that stuff. I w- for a moment in the last two days, I thought about, man, I wiped out on that little tiny scooter and it was about 25 miles an hour. And here you're doing 40, 45, 50 uh, with, with just shorts and a, and a shirt on and a helmet. I don't want to hit any pavement anytime soon. That's for sure. So nope. I'm glad but as everyone as safe as possible. As everyone can knows and can imagine, Terry's got his chaps on. So don't you worry. <laughs> He's just driving oh, yeah. around with just his, oh, yeah. just his chaps and no shirt. And a helmet. So yeah, I don't need shorts. I don't need shorts. No, you just, got chaps. Just chaps. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Terry, what do you want to talk about this week? It's been a kind of a quiet disc golf week. That we obviously had some events going on. We had the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. There, there was very little sponsorship news. There were one or two notes. If you're interested. Okay. Yep. Let's hear it. Well, the the notes that I have, um. First and foremost, let's let's talk about the big one, the huge signing from MVP, Joey Tamale. I and and even better, the absolute precision on the announcement. I mean, 
the fact that he got that box delivered to him, uh, it, perfectly handed to him, <laughs> that had the logo on just the right side, and then he opened a box that came from from a delivery, <laughs> and it didn't require any kind of uh, knife because it was uh, just had to pop it open. Uh, man, right on cue. So very, very cool. Uh, for those who may not know, Joey Tamale uh, has done some work with a number of companies. He kind of actually busted in the scene doing some camera work for Parsave Productions out of Minnesota, which is where he's from. He then did a little bit of work with us in terms of Smashbox slash the Disc Golf Pro Tour Live. He then went from uh, working with us uh, a little bit in a very different kind of scene to then working with Jomez for a few years. And uh, I, and then I think ultimately he did- Jomez... I think he joined DGN, did that, and then went to Jomez, and then Jomez got purchased by oh, DGN. Sure. I think he had a stint in there for okay. DGN, but well, either way. Yeah, we, we, yeah. however, I guess that kind of correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of the Pro Tour slash DGN, and then I think it was more so exclusively Jomez. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I think when there was some um, some restructuring and some reduction, uh, Joey was not part of uh, the media team moving forward. So. I, you know, here he is back playing golf, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people, no matter what your job, no matter what your skill level, most people, if, if all things considered, are thinking, I'd love to be playing on the Pro Tour. There's a lot of other cool jobs within disc golf, but I mean, let's face it, playing is kind of the ultimate goal for probably quite a few people if, it, if they had the skills to, to and, compete, so. And Joey has some really solid skills. He's like a 990-plus rated player any given weekend, and being out on tour will probably mm-hmm. help him. Uh, was there any word about him doing filming as well while on the road? If he's going to be on the road full-time, it kind of makes sense with Simon and Eagle both on the tour now, at least Simon on early, that maybe Joey with MVP might be doing some of that um, maybe uh, vlog life stuff with Simon and Eagle and who and whomever else behind the scenes with MVP. Does that it, would that be shocking to you? Uh, no, not at all. And let me just say that um, what I assumed was going to be the announcement, and he went ahead and made the announcement. I just instantly assumed it was he's going on the road and he's doing. Um, media and video work along with like a Simon or an Eagle. So, I mean, big props to him. That was a little bit of a curveball to say he's just going out and playing. Yeah. Will he have double duties in in doing some kind of uh, media work? Probably. Um, that's maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he said, you know what? I don't want to touch a camera. I don't want to do any editing. I want to exclusively fo- focus on play. That would be a good question. But um, yeah. Uh, I assumed my my assumption that was mine too. Said, originally, my plans for twenty for twenty twenty four. I just assumed it was you know I'm going to be doing something of that nature. So, big shout out to him. Good luck. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's your you know like you, what, what did you just say? Is his rating nine ninety? I was thinking it was going to be right around a thousand. Obviously, it, it might be. I know it's I know he's nine ninety plus. I haven't I haven't looked recently at what he is. I'm going to take a quick look. See if I can uh, find it. Uh, PDJ number one zero zero eight one eight, and he's currently rated ten fifteen. Oh, geez, he's higher than nine ninety. Ten fifteen. Congratulations, yeah. Joey. That ten fifteen. That's a solid. Um, that's a that's a solid possible bottom cash at uh at a lot of DGBT events. So if yeah. you can really get and that, obviously up. he did well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and obviously it was last year where, uh, you know, it was kind of a big breakout moment when he found himself on the lead card uh, when he was playing in the PCS Open over there in Norway. Was it Leader Chase? Uh, Either way, it was one of the top two cards. He also beat Paul Macbeth because he was doing some videoing with Paul, and he beat Paul the Mm -hmm. week or two prior to that. So that was kind of when a lot of little jokes were being made about Paul's cameraman beating him. But those of us who knew Joey or know Joey know that he's a very, very solid player. So that's kind of the the first sponsorship announcement. Um, I know Chandler Kramer has teased a sponsorship announcement. That should be coming okay, out soon. Okay, and then and then he continues to help troll his own yeah. troll and or 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 egg along or push along uh, some of his own questioning. I know he's like, well, where should I go? And like, I I don't think you're really putting that up to uh, public opinion. Uh, no, I'm not maybe. sure it quite works <laughs> that way. It's funny to see what people respond with, of course, mm-hmm. and you're getting people to talk and engage, but. Uh, I don't think, you know, <laughs> I don't think just because of where people think is uh, is going to be presumed where he's going to end up or be able to end up necessarily. I don't think uh, it works that way. But that would be kind of funny. Just have people vote like, you hey, on. What do you guys think I should vote you yeah, on to a team? On teams <laughs> and the team has to uh, basically take you. Oh, man. Would, um, so, no, haven't, uh, I don't think we have heard uh, officially where he's ended up. So We haven't. I think he just made, literally made an announcement that he's going to make the announcement soon. So the, the pre-tease, as Terry likes to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 over it now. Uh, <laughs> I like yeah. him and all, but this I yeah. feel like this has been going on for like two or three months. So okay, oh. we're we're everyone's ready. <laughs> um, Discraft dropped their tour team, so to speak. No Le- big no big Le- surprises there. Yeah, but we did hear that um, Missy Gannon re-signed uh, for. I think it's two more years. She's team cap. She's co-captain or captain of the okay. FPO team. I, I, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure there. Um, so she re-signed for two years and I believe Holland Hanley also announced she re-signed for two years. I don't remember if we, if we, if that was right after our show last week or right before we forgot to talk about it. Okay. Well, I forgot to talk about it. So those are well, the, way we, yeah, those are the announcements from yeah, we saw them both on the elite team. Yeah. We yep. saw, I saw the video myself just yesterday announcements on the elite team one of the comments i saw after uh one of the, somebody had posted the video <clears throat> excuse me was um no clemenade and chris himself replied and said no i gotta earn that spot which uh you know seems absolutely appropriate um and and fitting and uh so he you know stepping into the role being on the team realizes that uh he's there's something extra he's gonna have to do to be part of that elite team so pretty cool to see and then the hmm. other, the final sponsorship announcement was made yesterday, I believe, was uh, Kristen Tartar. <laughs> um, Tatar. Tatar. Kristen Tatar. Tatar. Um, announced a sponsorship from uh, Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. Not Borsch. Yeah. That's a food. It's Porsche <laughs> with a P. <laughs> that's different. Yep. So uh, Porsche of Estonia. So, yeah. which which is like the, I believe their big dealership in the country of Estonia, and she gets to drive around for the year. I believe the Porsche Macan. Macan. I'm sorry. I'm not a I'm not a car mm-hmm. guy. I'm sure there are people screaming at their phone right now. Um, 
a signature, a kind of a signature series. It literally has her signature on uh, uh, behind the back window, and she gets to drive that around uh, on the company's dime while in, in while in Estonia, not here in the U.S. Yes, but while in Estonia, right. I wonder if she's going to rent them here while in the United States. That would be exp- <laughs> a that would be expensive. <laughs> uh huh. But I mean, maybe that's what maybe maybe that's a little mm. extra coverage. And it'd probably be a little tougher because uh, those things are not usually known. I mean, you can get larger Porsches. They they make SUVs and things like that. But sure, I mean, if, yeah, if you yeah. have a Porsche sponsorship, maybe that could go to a little bit of fun yeah, traveling. I, I I would certainly think that. Honestly, I would think that if you're you know if you have that uh, level of uh, respect and that sponsorship and support in Estonia, which obviously very different uh, than being in the rest of the U.S., but that would at least at least get your foot in the door for them to take you semi-serious versus, you know, some kind of very minor thing, uh, you know, absolutely tiny representation of some kind. I I, I don't have any other analogies, but in this case, yes, the fact that um, the fact that she already has her name on, on a car and she gets to use it. I think that was the clarification pretty much was just that anytime she's in Estonia, she'll be able to drive that car around. I don't care what anyone says. That's pretty effing cool. It's awesome. I've, yeah. Zero yeah. shade. Um, Zero just, shade being thrown there. Just, just, a fact, just the fact that you have a company of that, that scale, um, of that notoriety, of that uh, you know, value, all of those things that then recognize any disc golfer, let alone, you know, of course, our, our two-time world champ. I don't know. I just, I think it's awesome. I don't know where there's a downside. Like you said, no shade. I just don't even know. The The only downside, if somebody wanted to be a jerk, because it's the internet and that's the way people love to be, the only downside I think you could twist it into is, is implying that it is no big deal because it's not U.S. As in, well, you know, she's going to be in the U.S. for most of the year or more than half of the year or whatever that would carry so much weight or be cooler or something like that. That's the only like slightly, dare I say, jerkish, I think, angle somebody could twist into that, um, which I think is, of course, just still silly. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah, incredible. It's it's relatively amazing in general. And and I if you were to get a car sponsor, yeah. who, who, who would who would who would fit your my level of sponsorship? Uh, what What brand are we talking Wait, are, are you saying like logistically who would fit? Like something what? that, like, no, 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 literally what car would you fit in? No, I'm thinking like, that, that's I a think big of deal. excellence. I think of two-time world champ. I think of like uh, a brand and a value of something like Porsche fits Kristen. Not so much you or I. So that's no. why I say what would be, what would be the brand that would be the equivalent if, if you or I were to get a sponsorship? Saturn for, uh, for us. <laughs> Saturn because it was because it was great in the nineties, just like us. Nineties, okay. Yeah, every, every, they were everywhere in the nineties. There you um, go. That, that sounds that sounds appropriate then. So Saturn, no, uh, so, Geo, some form of something from Geo, like a Metro yeah. or a Tracker. I mean, a Geo Tracker. Like if you're gonna get crazy, you're gonna you know take the soft top down mm-hmm. on the Geo Tracker, and then you're gonna cruise around uh, like that, just like we did when we were. 16 or 17 okay okay yeah geo tracker that's more about uh, where our value our value aligns that's right is, uh, the geo tracker okay i love it 
Uh, Sam on the board says JVD Chrysler minivan. Terry is a, a homemade <laughs> homemade car. Wow, wow. homemade kit car. I know. I, I want. Huh. I'm, I'm looking at uh, my next car. Possibly Chevy Bolt. Uh, one, one okay. of the. Yep. I, yep. I'm, I'm uh, just. I'm strictly. One of our a, good friends just got one. Who is that? Uh, Dave Wastebloom. Just oh, nice. I'll, one up, uh, maybe I'll have to talk ago. to him about how it is. Uh, because I only do, we've got a larger car in the family and a smaller car, which the smaller car is mine. I only drive it to work and back for the most part. So, And I want a smaller car, even though I'm a giant person. Um, I like mm-hmm. the small car for logistics reasons, getting into the garage and all that other stuff. Because I've stuffed my garage with different uh, woodworking stuff right now. So that's why I'm always looking for a smaller vehicle right now. As everyone knows, I drive a Honda Fit. A 2009 Honda Fit keeps on chugging along. Rolling. So it was rolling, just rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, I mean, you talk to, to Kristen. Maybe, maybe she could, you think maybe, she could maybe pull Kristen, a string for me, hook you up. She could hook you up if there's any, yeah, if there's to, anyone that could, it's clearly her at this point. To be honest, I know the, when it comes uh, to at least Porsche, the, the service dealer, the, the head service guy here at, in, uh, Porsche on the north side. He's a family friend. So. I mean, uh, you know, so if, if let if Kristen I, put in a, a better word for you, yeah. but uh, yeah, she would probably put in a better morning. word than he would. He knows me, so he's probably not going to recommend anything. Good morning. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> uh, uh, they are just about to get started uh, real quick. The uh, tournament uh, featuring a bunch of the amateur divisions uh, is going to conclude. What is today? I don't know. It's going to conclude tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocker. My days are getting a little twisted. Yeah. So they played one round of 22 yesterday, one round of 22 today, and then one round of 22 tomorrow. And then on the weekend, it'll be the pro divisions along with one or two of the other advanced divisions that will play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And a lot of people, uh, at least a dozen or so are double dipping as we certainly encourage. And why not? If you're here on the Island and you're eligible for more than one division, uh, people will play these three days and then they'll turn around and play the next three days. The course, 11 holes, play through it twice, 22 holes. I got 22 holes in last night myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it's not, let's put it this way, it's not strenuous. It's not taxing. It's not uh, demanding. It's none of those things. So uh, 22 holes a day out here, not really a problem. Anyway, so they're about to get started. Their tee off is in five minutes as the morning flight is uh, out teeing off for their second round of the tournament. So um, best of luck to everyone as that gentleman was just going out and getting ready. To play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's real talk real quickly. Talk about some PDGA events that happened this past weekend. All right. um, the big one that everyone, a lot of people were talking about was the MX disc golf championships prevented by presented by dynamic discs uh, MX standing for Mexico. So Yes. Kevin Jones wins this one by five strokes over Paul Omen. No, whoops, sorry, I have it sorted the wrong way. Nicholas Culver wins this one by uh, in a playoff mm. over Kevin Jones. I had it sorted by rating accidentally. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, Nicholas coming in and just barely beating out. He's from he's from Iowa, so I don't know if he would just happen mm. to be in Mexico or he made a trip down there. It would be a phenomenal vacation right now to go down to Mexico if yeah. you're from the Midwest. In third place. Uh, Daniel Rubalcaba. Sorry, Daniel, but you're doing awesome. Fourth place was Paul Omen. Fifth place was Luke Humphreys. 
over uh yeah there were there were no fpo players so congratulations to those mpo players uh nicholas i would say in a a minor upset over kevin jones kevin is you know 25 points higher rated than nicholas so just another young name probably to watch out for too many of them uh, there, there are certainly plenty, and uh, I guess we could segue right over uh, with that. To, uh, let's keep it international because, you know, that right. seems like the right thing to do. If you're not in the snowy, balmy, cold, uh, you know, area of the country for the expo, then you must be playing somewhere international. So with that, uh, and if you want to wait for the final nine holes that I'll be dropping later this week, you, you should mute for the next uh, two minutes. Because uh, when it was all said and done, Manabu, your champion, uh, taking it down. I'm just going to say, even though you may be listening to the scores right now, this turned out to be an incredible battle down the stretch. I'm so glad I was out there. I got the last nine holes. They played three rounds. Uh, I was getting B-roll of a bunch of different divisions and a ton of different players, a ton of international players. And uh, then I was able to capture the final nine, which was just about the right amount of golf to capture in that heat. Uh, in a shot-by-shot fashion. So, uh, Manabu, your champion um, in very dramatic fashion. Um, uh, taking second place was Ming. Uh, tying him, actually, was Evan Boucher. Evan, you're going to see on coverage probably from here in Samui. You'll also see him in Chiang Mai next weekend. Uh, this is where I met him last year. He's been touring around. He's got a ton of great stories. But when it was all said and done, uh, Ming and Evan... Uh, were knotted up for second place. And then Sean Poignier, I may have gotten that one right. Sean is, I think, 15 years old and incredible because you maybe wouldn't necessarily guess it, but uh, he was born in Malaysia. I think his parents are expats. I I don't know from where. I'm going to guess somewhere in the U.S. No, that's wrong. That looks like a a French name, but... I was just going to say, I think of France, as soon as I said it, I was thinking it was probably France. Um, and I don't know if I got that final answer, but I'll get it for you. Anyway, lives in Malaysia, plays in Malaysia, uh, just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal golfer. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing more from him. We're going to see more from him. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so Sean uh, finished in fourth. And then Timu, who was very much in contention for most of the weekend, Finished in fifth. Uh, Tommy, who I know is playing here this weekend as well, finished in sixth. And uh, and then I, I Diedrich. Oh, yeah, Diedrich. Uh, finished in a tie for seventh along with Koa, uh, who I believe comes from, um, ultimately, I think, comes from uh, Japan. Uh, I know Ko, the next gentleman uh, in ninth, Ko... Uh, Ko Simmel. Simmel. Kosamel, um, he also uh, one of those. I don't know. I got. I get my. I think. I don't believe. It I says met more, I met more than one co. <laughs> yeah, Kosamel, says, I believe actually comes from Japan, Tokyo, Japan. Thank you. Yes. and it's and it says that uh, Koa is Koa Zumwalt. Yeah. Uh, it, currently, it says FPO Armed Forces F, and I don't believe FPO yeah. is <laughs> is female pro open. No. It's just no, a no, 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 different no. acronym. Yeah. No, I'm. So his his family's there. I'll I'll, I'll try and recap. I, I it's a little bit of a blur. Nonetheless, very cool. Uh, so congrats to all of them again, Manabu, your champion. 
And then on the FPO side, uh, as kind of an assistant TD, co-TD, all-around superstar, married to the TD, uh, is uh, Jenna. She ended up taking it down. Her story was also pretty dramatic, I guess, uh, for her to win in first. Mari, second. Rika in, or, yeah, Rika in third. And then Sue in fourth. So, uh, again, I met so many of these players. It was absolutely incredible. I don't know how many... I'll get that number to you. I don't know how many countries were represented, but I'm going to guess it's somewhere between 10 and 15 that were ultimately represented at that event. And keep that in perspective here in Samui. I think we're somewhere around 17 or 19 countries will be represented here throughout this weekend. So if you want that international flair and experience and, and mingling you got you come here this this is such a great place to meet so many brand new people i i had a 45 minute car ride or taxi ride van ride uh with uh i think six or eight or so um people from china who are all so kind and gracious and and yeah it just i don't know i i loved every single minute of it um here's the one quick funny tip that i never thought i'd say the, my only notable part about coming and visiting here is the humidity. And I think most people can understand why clearly it's the the location. It was hotter in Malaysia, which is a little bit closer to the equator. And although it's just a two hour plane ride coming here to Samui, I don't believe I'm about to say this feels like a reprieve, still humid, still hot, very much so how I'm not dripping right now in sweat. I'm not sure, but it is. It was still somewhat of a reprieve. So if you like it hot and humid and sweaty, uh, start in Malaysia. That's that's a good place. Or ramp up to it. Come here and then go there. Either way, um, it's certainly part of the overall climate and culture there. <clears throat> Bringing it so, over. Um, oh yeah, go ahead, Ter. Yeah, real quick. I was just gonna say real quick. I'll just uh, quickly recap. Basically, uh, the event, uh, the Southeast Asia Championship, Disc Golf Championship. Uh, ultimately was held on three separate courses. I've got a little footage from all three of them. Some of you saw some of the beach footage. I had this <laughs> insanely unique opportunity. I was on the eighth floor of my hotel room and I could just get my camera out and point it down at the beach and actually cover golf from my from my hotel room, which for a moment was pretty damn enticing uh, for the humidity I was just talking about. So I'm sitting in my air-conditioned hotel room and then I walk out onto my porch, onto my deck, and it's overseeing, um, you know, the what is it the Strait of uh, of Singapore? I forget what it is. Uh, anyway, some body of water with Singapore literally just being on the other side while I'm on the Malaysia side, and uh, just being able to point down and being able to see people golfing down on the beach. Unfortunately, I only could see about one or two holes, but <laughs> what a what an insane. Uh, opportunity just because you're not usually able to uh, watch golf from, you know, the comfort of your hotel room. So it's played over three rounds. We played the beach course. Then they played uh, one that looked very much like a city course because it is in the city. And uh, we'll say more standard to what you'd see in like the U.S. or pretty much anywhere else. And then the third course was called Missile Hill. That's where they finished up at. Not as they would even admit, not their most picturesque, but with the logistics of having the awards and everything else, it made perfect sense. And, uh, you know, had some hills, had some great shots. 
and uh, we had a little bit of wind on that final day. So again, you'll see uh, some kind of compilation of the first two rounds, some B-roll mixed along with some shots, and then during the final round, uh, I'll give you that straight shot-by-shot nine holes as they closed out the tournament, and I really want to get that out this week. So that's what uh, that's what we saw. Shout out to Eric and his wife, Jenna, and all the other people that made the event happen. Things ran pretty smoothly. It's it's difficult to have about 100 competitors, of which tons of them are brand new, never played an organized disc golf tournament before. So you're learning some basics, like some of the rules, some of the etiquette, things of that nature. But uh, And then you're playing three different courses. So there's some serious obstacles, and uh, they did a good job mitigating. And and most, maybe most importantly, it seemed as if everyone that was there had a really good time with it. So, again, big shout out. Uh, I'll I'll probably do a drop zone talking more about the scene, the environment, the atmosphere. That could be in its own 15 or 20 minute segment that I'll do on another day. But thank you to uh, both Singapore and Malaysia. My I had host. Uh, in Lance had originally met me at the airport right off the plane. Um, I met Lance here five years ago uh, in Thailand, and then he always talked about you know getting to Singapore. Well, landing in Singapore, I got to go play a course along with Wes and Sai. Uh, actually, played pretty well, which was kind of funny after. Yeah, a, I, th- a, I think a I saw your hour. your UDISC rating was like two forty two or something along those lines. Yeah. I don't know. Is that good? Did you have to go back to our previous podcast and see how good that is or not? Well, but, they were saying that, uh, you know, felt- anything over 200 was, you know, at least oh. advanced or better. And then, you know, wow. maybe even into the, maybe even into the pro area and the closer you get to 300, what? Terry, the, you know, you, Damn. yeah, maybe you, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe you well. could do something. <laughs> maybe you can go on tour with Joey. <laughs> Ah, does he want to come to Malaysia and Singapore? And I'm sure he does. Thailand? <laughs> Let's be honest. China. I, I think. I think I've now officially got some some friends in China that I'll probably be going to visit them there. I've met some friends in uh, Allen out of Vietnam. So if there's a chance, there's a, a likelihood of me uh, seeing what's going on there. I know Cambodia has a tournament going on in a couple weeks. Anyway, um, yeah. So it, it was it was awesome, and then uh, a transplant. Uh, in Casper, who had recently moved from Denmark uh, into uh, Singapore uh, because of his wife's work. He ultimately hosted me the first night and then helped take me over the border uh, during the next day. And so huge shout out to Casper. Uh, He also brought me back uh, so that I could make my flight on Sunday night. And I just can't say enough. Again, more incredible friends, Wes, Cy, Casper, I got to spend even more time with. So thank you to all of those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. I, I just, I cannot stress this enough. People (laughs) get the F out of the country and go see some other places, whether you're playing golf, whether you're playing in a tournament or not, go see some other places. And when you mix it with golf, I don't know really how you can go wrong, but get out and do it. Like just (laughs) go do it. Anyway, that includes you, Johnny. You you haven't left since Japan in it, 2010. Correct. It has been way too long. Life, life, and wife and kids. What are you doing? What are you? Me, oh, my I, way. there's time. There's time. Well, I'm not saying there's not there's time. time. It's just uh, life gets in the way. But we're going to talk. We're uh, going to bring it okay. stateside here, where I am. All right. Not necessarily Boring. here where I am. I wish. Boring. I wish I was a little closer to here. Uh, the 11th annual Maricopa Open, presented by Infinite Discs. Tristan Tanner. 
bringing this one in in a playoff as well over Andrew Marweed. So you've got Tristan Tanner and Andrew Marweed, both DGA-sponsored players, I believe. Yes, yes. There's been a lot of chatter about yeah. DGA's team beefing up here a little bit during this offseason. So, uh, yeah. yeah, a couple of those guys. Couple quick takeaways. I should have warned everybody. Couple quick takeaways. We did film that spicy boy out there on site, all temp layout. Uh, we got that filmed all three rounds, so that will that coverage will ultimately drop. Along with that, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think it's awesome to see that maybe this is the biggest takeaway, not, not just the tying for first and then maybe losing in the playoff. The biggest takeaway here is just a week earlier, Marweed had withdrawn from the Shelly Sharp. So many of you saw on the coverage that he had to withdraw uh, eight holes in. He goes birdie, birdie on seven and eight, and then still withdraws. So that tells you you're in a lot of pain, because when's the last time you saw somebody take two birdies and then walk off the course? So Marweed is seemingly back to health, and, and it was a back spasm, is what he was telling me. And um, Seems like hopefully it was just kind of a, a rare once a you know once in the weekend kind of thing that happened or once in a life hopefully thing that happened to him. So withdrawing from Shelly Sharp just to come back out six five six days later and then put up numbers that would um, get him into a playoff for first. Uh, that's awesome. I want to say that. In addition mm-hmm. to of course uh, the congratulatory uh, remarks that go to Tristan Tanner and Tristan. You know, hadn't hadn't made a ton of splashes. We see him traveling, we see him working out and doing all these amazing things, and he's out there grinding as hard as anybody. And we haven't seen him make a ton of splashes in terms of podium finishes lately. So yeah, was it this? Was it twenty twenty two? Was it twenty twenty two? He was on lead card at a major. Maybe it was at Worlds, and uh, then that. And then twenty twenty three. I think he kind of dipped off of the the radar for a little bit. As far as his play, I know he still was out there. Maybe I'm confusing it. Maybe Tristan was no. on a lead card in 2023 early, but a lot of this stuff gets a little fuzzy. But yeah, Tristan showing back up and getting the, taking this one down. So apparently, I'll, I'll say this, those DGA discs, they seem to be working pretty well for these guys because... We're gonna have to yeah. take a, we're gonna have to take away his uh, Mister Arizona moniker, but Anthony Barella takes third by a single stroke over the or behind those two guys. He has been for a, previous to this, he was untouchable in Arizona, and now that we've got a lot of these big names kind of planting their uh, their flag in AZ, Barella's mm-hmm. got a lot of competition. So it's yeah. uh, it's fun to watch. And tied for fourth place, Connor Rock. 
and Nick Newton, mm-hmm. both as well from Arizona. Okay. Sixth place, Jeremy Herr. Mm-hmm. Seventh place, Levi Hancock. Eighth place, Jacob Cupcake Curtis, tied with Thomas mm-hmm. T.J. Grobman and Jake Brown. And I'm going to go to 11th place just so I can mention him, Christopher Robbins and Parker Welk. Parker, who is coming off, I think, mm-hmm. back-to-back wins in Arizona. Um, someone finally besting mm-hmm. Mr. Welk. So that is... That is your MPO results for the Maricopa Open. Moving over to FPO, not a shock here. Jennifer Allen wins this one by 16 strokes, shooting some really solid golf. 979, 978, 992. So averaging like 985 golf-ish, maybe even right around there. Um, that's, that's, That's some really good golf when you don't have a big person to push you that still shows drive and effort. She could have coasted in her final round and she still shot a nine ninety two. So congratulations to Jen mm-hmm. Allen beating out, uh, Sophia Denecki, uh, third place, Ashley Phelps. And those are your top three, the three that cashed. Congratulations. MP 40. Nice. Pete Ulari. Congratulations. Yeah. We'll throw that in. A uh, couple quick notes, although I haven't seen any of the footage. It's still in Arizona, and I'm going to work on it as soon as we possibly can to get it out. Uh, so big shout-out to Sam, uh, Russ, the TD. They First of all, they had to move to an entirely different temporary course. Last couple of years, we've seen it played over at the Meadows course, which is you know a lot of grass, a lot of lush green grass, along with the waterfalls and some really picturesque views. Then uh, also incorporating over the last few years, Copper Sky. We've seen that course come into play this year through, uh, we'll say, politics and everything else that's going on. He ultimately, the TD ultimately said, hey, let's go to a temp place, set up an entirely temporary course down kind of in that area. It's, it's definitely deserty from uh, everything that I've seen and heard. Sets up a temp course. And so everyone was kind of on fresh playing ground, so to speak. And I'm excited to see what how all the footage ultimately looks. But I know AB came out blazing. Did he shoot a 15 under? I'm just going off memory here. I think it was a 15 under at, during the first round. And then, like you said, ultimately was caught, ended up losing the uh, playoff. Or I'm sorry, not getting into the playoff, but losing out by a stroke or two. So those are some of the unique changes that were taking place uh, over there at the uh, – at the event. So I wanted to just get those quick mentions in. When you see the footage, you're going to think, this isn't Copper Sky or this isn't uh, Maricopa Meadows course. Uh, I think it's going to look different. But we have all three rounds of the MPO. And then along with that, uh, congratulations, of course, to, to Tristan Tanner, as you said. Huge, huge shout out to both uh, Sophia along with Jen Allen. As I was just a few hours short of getting on the plane and going to Singapore, I was able to drop off all the raw or sorry, edited footage to Jen and Sophia over at Jen's house over the next like day or two, they knocked out all three rounds of commentary and then sent it to me. And I'm in an airport, uh, you know, uploading and changing out and, and syncing up the audio and doing all that stuff. My big thanks and shout out about that is just thank you to those two. Sophia, first time on commentary. Never, uh, I don't even think had played the Vista layout at that point just yet. So big, 
big thanks to both of them. And I want to get that in there that uh, I really appreciate. Jen, that's the second year in a row Jen has stepped up to do the FPO commentary, which, like I say, usually commentary, <laughs> if it comes from me, it's only because I have to and that it just has to get, get done. Jen was on top of it. So I, I just I, cannot say enough. And yeah. I just think it's really so, funny. You and I have known Jen for a very long time. And if you would have asked me five, even five years ago, six years ago, if Jen Allen would want to sit down and do commentary, I would have told you no. <laughs> yeah. Like she just was, yeah. I, I strictly remember her saying, she's like, I, I'm just not that girl. I'm not a technology girl. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to play, have fun, you know, go out, do whatever. Now she's on a P- PDGA podcast. She's doing commentary willingly and well. She's a different woman, yeah. and I, I love it. I love to see it. Yeah. Well, and, and just to add on to that quickly, Evan, uh, she, she's still not a technology girl, but she well, gets no, it done. But. That's that's what's important. <laughs> uh, she, she, I mean, she openly admits. I, I'm still, you know, she's not a technology, but she, she knows enough tech to get it mm-hmm. done, and that's all we could ask for. So very, very appreciative. With that, real quick, I don't know how much you went over last week, uh, the Shelly Sharp results. You probably touched on them. Maybe yeah, we you went t- over them entirely. I don't I, know. I believe we did. Uh, I just want to quickly say, again, thank you, of course, uh, to everyone, uh, all the, you know, the crew over at Spinners uh, for putting on the event. Big thank you to Tyler and Spicy Boy who are out there helping me. They were doing almost exclusively all the camera work while I was doing the constant editing, and I was editing two rounds every single day. I would edit the FPO after they came off the course to get it, start getting it ready. And then I did the, like the second <laughs> I was done with that is about when the MPO would show up. And then uh, when it was all said and done, I think this was kind of one of the big takeaways from that weekend. Parker Welk jumped on commentary for his first time ever, and he ended up doing it in rounds one and three. And he was no surprise, very well received. And if yeah, somebody's believe- got to complain about it now, they can, <laughs> too, too bad. Too, too but, little, too um, late. No, he, yeah, we were saying too. that Parker jumped on our, our board the week prior, so it would have been two weeks ago, saying Anthony Barella was talking talking smack about how he would never mm-hmm. beat him in Arizona again. And then Parker mm-hmm. comes out the next weekend and mm-hmm. quitsh, quitsh, beats him in a playoff. Yeah. So, so that's, yes. that's, that's pretty funny. I, we got a good kick out of that last week. Yeah, well, that got brought up during the uh, Champions interview, understandably oh, as okay. well, as it should have. Yeah, just the fact that, you know, pretty big claim was made of uh, of not getting beat, and then next thing you know, Parker's getting it done. So anyway, big shout out to them. Of course, Jen took that one down. Uh, and uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry, Jen did not take that one down. Own Scoggins oh, was a late registration. Own Scoggins ended up taking that one down over Jen. That was a great battle. Hopefully you're watched watching or going to watch it or did watch it already on my channel <clears throat> excuse me and uh parker your champ so terry we're, t- we're talking a lot just like we did last year early season dga wins <coughs> last year we we saw a very similar uh andrew marweed cat katrina allen last year came out blazing there are and i know you even if you know you won't say anything there are rumors of a DGA buyout by Discraft. Have you have you heard of these rumors or these whispers, these these things that are maybe Discraft is looking to uh, 
merge, we'll say, with a DGA. And we know that Discraft currently right now molds the DGA discs. Uh-huh. So there's already a pretty good relationship there. What what do you have to say about it that you if you know anything or what you can say? Otherwise, I'm going to have to reach out to uh, here's what Scott I- Kesey <laughs> and get some info. <laughs> here's what I can say. I can say that there's nothing that's uh, public in any capacity. And right now, I think you're going to just continue to hear rumors that will go uh, not un- unsubstantiated, un- unknown. I'm not sure. sure. I don't know how I want to word that. But uh, right now, they're just rumors um, is, is what I would I would throw out there. Well, yeah, usually where I'd there's smoke, anything. there's fire. So I, I'd, be, I'd be willing, and I don't know anything, I'd be willing to put uh, a small bit of money that there's been at least some talks. I'm just trying um, to think of, okay. of, of, and I don't know, because I haven't talked to Scott, and not that Scott would even share that with me if I did ask him. <laughs> We're, we've known Scott a long time. I've got some incriminating photos, so maybe I could, uh, maybe I could mm. balance that out. I'm just trying to think, you know, in general, what that, you know, what does that do to those two companies? Does that, like, we have Discraft, chain, uh, the Chainstar, mm-hmm. but, but arguably, you know, I'm sure Discraft wouldn't say this, but probably a lot of other people would, including myself. The DGA baskets are better, are more well-liked. Their lineup of, I, so I wonder mm-hmm. if we would, I wonder if we would lose the Chainstar or it would just, you know, if this were to happen and what, what molds would they keep it as a separate company and we would keep all the molds. Would it become kind of a, a, an Innova slash disc mania deal where Innova basically just remolds the discs and calls them something else Would Discraft do that to DGA. It's, there's a lot that is unknown. So I'm curious as to maybe how that would go down and happen. I saw you froze for a second, Terry. So I don't know if you caught, in fact, you're freezing a little bit now. So, uh, I just some rumors. If if you hear them, know that my guess is that maybe there is a little bit of truth to that. But we'll see what happens in the long run. Terry's frozen. You're locking up a little bit there, Terry Bear. Are you there, Terry? We're there. You're there. Hi. Can you hear us? Say something. Hmm. All right. Well, well, Terry's frozen. Um, I'm just going to quickly talk about the. Yeah. Am I, am I here? Am I back now? Oh, you are. You are back now. Yes. Hi. Hi. I can hear you. Uh, well, kind of. You can tell more people are showing up to the course right now because your internet is starting to get a little more sketch. <laughs> I think this happened to us last year as well. But. While Terry gets his stuff figured out, I'm sure he'll interrupt me again. Oh, are you uh, are there, Terry? You're are you you're good now or not good because we can't hear you. All right, that should do it. Okay, that's better, Terry. All right, I'm 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 just gonna right. send a, a lower signal to you just because, just to make sure. Okay. Um, but no. Uh, all I was saying is that who knows what's gonna happen with that, and I I don't know if we'll hear any more for the next whatever. Um, but I, what I was yeah, going mean, to get yeah. into, go ahead. I was just going to quickly say, just to wrap that up. Um, a, who knows if that's a, if anything of that nature is happening, but B, if it does, one might think just like we've seen with maybe even like the, the house of discs, 
maybe there would be just a continuation of the branding and everything else to just move forward perfectly as it is. And really, you'd have no idea as to who the quote unquote owner is or if it would have any direct impact whatsoever on day to day um, operations, on sales, on teams of anything of that nature. There's just a chance that it gets acquired and they continue. I mean, in theory, that's similar to what like a DGN acquiring a Jomez, right? To see what should be or what was talked about as just a seamless uh, new ownership, well, everything maintains and continues to operate as as if it were independent. So that's absolutely a possibility as well. If there's anything of that rumor or of it moving forward, you'd have to think that that's you know part of the negotiation or conversation as as well. I mean, because as, as you've th- thought about or we've seen a few of our players that have become DGA players, uh, AA can often throw uh, discraft discs. Some of them intentionally try not to or, or purposely don't do it, um, but they're allowed to. And then B, you know, I think we've even seen, um, I don't know, this interesting kind of mix mash uh, of the teams and, and more emphasis being put in Team DGA. And sometimes it might be tough for somebody to say, well, where does a DGA slash disc Discraft line get drawn in the first place. I, of course, there's plenty of obvious ways, but then there's probably some back back end ways where it doesn't, you know, seem quite as stark of a contrast. So, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see, but we can go on from there because, like we said, a lot of rumors. And mm-hmm. even if you and I knew all of the answers, we probably wouldn't be at liberty to talk about them right here and now, anyway. No, that's why. I don't know the answers. That's why I felt comfortable bringing it up. So. Um, <laughs> uh, PDGA has an article out there, which is very apt for the time, talking about how to keep score in 2024, player and TD guidance. So for all you players that are going to be playing events coming up, I know that Wisconsin is really starting to get, this is our first upcoming weekend. We've got our, uh, our basically our big freeze event coming up. So players are starting to get back on the course. It's starting to warm up a little bit here. It's still late January, early February. We could get another 24 inches of snow yet this season, or it could be 40 degrees next week, which I think it's going to be at some point, but they do talk about how the TD needs to tell the players what scoring options are available. Digital digital versus players or digital versus paper. All players must keep score in some way or another. Um, Or a player's caddy can keep score for them. Um, The recording of the scores should be done in a location that does not, prohibit other playing groups from continuing their round. So you can't just stand in at the, at the basket with all four of you doing that. You should move on to the, you know, to at least the teeing area of the next hole. And they say it's a good idea to have a small notebook and a, and a pencil or paper in your bag, just in case something goes wrong with the primary scoring method. They also talk about having two pencils, maybe something else. I, I know there was some behind the scenes chatter about, you know, what, what's to stop players or groups from just everyone keeping score on the 18th hole, just sitting down and just like check, 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 yeah. check, check, which could happen. Hopefully they find a way around that. I know there were some talks with the PDGA about like dual, dual digital scoring and things like that, but there is uh there is a article out on the PDGA right now. If you want to go out there and take a look at exactly how to score um, on the course, take that any way you want. Yeah, and 
it's funny the amount of people that have kind of lost their minds about the idea of everyone keeping score. I I get it. If you're old school, like you and I, this is uh, certainly different. Um, you used to only go to a couple of events a year, the USDGC being one of them. I believe the European Open used to be one of them. That was, this was a given. You'd get to the course and you know, before you'd go out and start playing, you'd be handed four sets of scorecards. I, mm-hmm. The USDGC was always the one that I most equated that with. I didn't go to many European Open. I didn't go to any until a couple of years ago, but I believe they did it there as well. And everyone kept score for everyone in the group. Like it just, it was not, that was before the days of digital scorekeeping. I get it, but you just did it. It was, it's the, the score is the most important thing on the freaking course. Like, let's make sure it gets done correctly. I couldn't agree more that we need to keep people from, and I feel like there's already been that conversation is keep people from just one person keeping score and then everyone just copies it down at the end. Like that completely negates the entire point of score. And for God's sakes, people, we are talking about keeping score of, you know, the throws, the, the thing you're doing. I don't know why there is so much uproar as to, like, the, it's a major part of the game. I, I have and said for years, I, if you don't like to keep changed. score, if you, I get it. if you don't like to know your score, you're a mentally weak player. Period. If, 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 if keeping score bothers you that much, if an integral part of our game bothers you to the point where you can't perform to your peak, then you are a mentally weak player, and, you, and that is something you will need to get over. Now, well, is it, and, is and it, is it fair, nice to be able to hand it to somebody to know else? The score. I know. I understand that. You don't have that. to know the score. I understand that. write them down. I, I understand like, that, too. But, but some people just... You know, that's just the way it works for them. And if it, again, even just, even if just keeping score bothers you to a point where you don't feel like you can play as well as you can, you're still a mentally weak player. And that's a place where I, you can I don't, get better. I just don't understand the uproar. Is it a little bit more of a pain than it used to be? Sure. It is a little bit more than what it used to be. I get it. And, some, and then there's always obviously that argument about doing it on paper versus doing it uh, digitally on a phone. You, you don't need to use your phone. You absolutely don't. Is it more convenient and makes things quicker and probably easier and so on and so forth? A hundred percent. But there's no requirement saying that you have to use your phone to get it done. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm shocked that it is such an uproar uh, for something that's trying to ultimately determine the winner of every single tournament. Uh, it's part of the evolution. I guess we'll see where it goes. I mean, there's key fobs for mopeds now, so I, I don't know what else to tell you people. Like, let, uh, let's just keep it uh, moving in the right direction. And and you called it, and the board echoes it. Find a caddy or or mm-hmm. someone you know that that's going to be coming along with you guys. And at most of our events, at least on the larger scale, they have caddies probably built in or people that are are dying to be their caddy, if not already their full time caddy. Now I get it. You're at a C tier, and uh, you're you're playing your third event in MA4. Maybe you don't have an entourage at that point, and you don't have thousands of adoring fans that are just dying to carry your bag and keep your score. That might be true. You'll you'll get there. Either you'll get there or talk to your parents because if they don't love you, 
then that's something else you should be figuring out or something else you should work out. Wow. Uh, maybe you have the wrong priorities in the first place. I don't know. I don't know. There should uh, be someone in your life that loves you enough. Hopefully, I hope there's someone in your life that loves and adores you and appreciates you enough that they they will show up and uh, punch numbers into a phone for you for a couple hours if that's what you need. If that's what you need to be, to be at the event and to be competitive. Um, hopefully there's that person. If not, reach out. Maybe we'll set up uh, a scoring hotline. And uh, I know the, the, the Caddy Association, Richard Reister over there in, uh, uh, in uh, Hawaii, he's always talking about caddies being available. And you just got to reach out to him. So one way or another, we, we could find a way to make it happen for you. Uh, I didn't see any real issues with it when I was at the one event uh, last uh, two weeks ago in Arizona. Everyone seemed to maintain, and I will echo. I will absolutely echo what you just said, Johnny. Go to the next hole. I don't know why people all of a sudden think, well, yeah, let's figure it out at the end of this hole. Like, that's never been the process. It was never the process whether there was one or nine people scoring before. It's still not the process. When you're done with your hole, you go to the next hole, and you confirm audibly with everybody in the group, what the score was it's not tough like <laughs> it's not tough so all right enough ranting for now to keep keeping score what would be like something completely tr- trivial do, do you feel like drawing a line is when maybe doing stats like oh were you inside or outside of the circle you know because i know when you go to a lot of events yeah. that use disc golf metrics Mm -hmm. i've been part of them uh, whether it was in australia or estonia just last year they get to the next hole and they'll say they recap and they'll say they're basically doing like a disc golf uh uh, like a u-disc does for the pro tour they're very similar and they'll say okay uh off fairway uh circle two uh you know six meter putt like you say all of that when you're uh, doing disc golf metrics in a lot of other countries. You want to argue that's too much? Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe if, not. I don't if, know. But if everybody's doing it and that's the expectation, that's what you should deal with. It's not like it, I mean, it might slow the entire round down a little bit, but it's not going to slow any individual group down because everybody's doing it. So I, I, I could understand if people didn't like it because it, um, it slowed down the the whole the entire round, but again, if everybody's doing it, that's your responsibility. That's your job. You probably know that going into the event. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I'll say it, it is very interesting. And when you, you just think you have a blow up hole, I, cross my fingers. I don't. I don't. I didn't have necessarily one uh, in Estonia where I most recently had that happen. But I'm with three or four other guys. And, and again, they're so quick with it. Everyone's used to it. It's been happening, but you're literally like, okay, uh, you know, off the fairway, you know, blah, 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 miss, miss, you know, circle to whatever, <laughs> like you're recapping essentially every hole. And they're just, you know, tapping a button to make it happen. Just, you know, very similar to what UDISC does. Uh, it, it's an interesting, um, uh, mindset and mentality when you're kind of recapping instantly what just happened on that hole. One guy's um, tapping button, the other guy's the, laughing. And <laughs> yeah, like, like, are you no, sure you missed two? Yeah. It wasn't three? You yeah. only missed two there. Okay. 
and, and then there becomes like you were inside the circle, outside, you know, and you, then sometimes you even forget where you were, so on and so yeah. forth. So, um, yeah, it. Just so you know, that's what's mm-hmm. happening in, uh, in some of the places that are uh, adamantly using disc golf metrics. And to be fair, that's how you get your metrics, right? That's how you gain those stats. At the end of the year, if you played in 20 events in Europe and they use disc golf metrics for everyone, your stats, I was going to say, will look the same as our top pros. They won't. But your stats will be available just like they are for our top pros uh, and very detailed, just like we, you know, we base end of the year awards and and recognition on some of those statistics and, and accolades. That's how they, that's, they got to get generated somewhere. Unless again, you've got that loved one that's coming out and doing stats for the entire card. Um, either way. Uh, yeah. Scorekeeping part of the game. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's keep on with it. Well, Terry, do you have anything, any other news or anything you wanted to talk about? It's like I said, it's been a pretty slow disc golf week. Not a lot of news happening. Uh, I think starting, I believe starting next week, we're going to start to hear more news come out, more information. We've got things coming up that, uh, that, that are definitely going to be noteworthy. This is your, your uh, pre-announcement to the announcement of big news. I like it. Yes. Um, I, I, as usual with travel, I, tr- I keep up mm-hmm. a little bit on what's going on. I, you know, I'm flipping through, you know, the, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and uh, most of the headline stuff that was going on. I feel like we've talked about the other one other thing that does come to mind that was flipping through my feed. Uh, JK, Juliana Corver getting what her 250th win. Uh, she's playing in New Zealand. I saw Zoe and a couple others make their post. Uh, new, the, there's a whole tour going on, the Down Under Tour taking place in New Zealand. So that's really cool that that's going on. And also uh, Trevor Harbolt, who we saw make uh, an announcement last year saying that he's he's officially done with MPO and he's moving into MP40. He picked up a win already over in New Zealand. So congratulations to him. I think I'm going to see him. Uh, if not this weekend, maybe, yeah, I'll see him this weekend and next weekend, I think. I think he's traveling around with Pete Johnson. Uh, I saw the Kansas City boys, a uh, bunch of the guys from Kansas City that uh, showed up, uh, Pete Cashin, and uh, the crew that he's rolling with just showed up on Samui yesterday. So uh, just awesome continuing to see all these people kind of just float in and in and out of various countries and cities within the Southeast Asia uh, region. And I think I've been saying this for a couple of years and it's only continuing to gain momentum and, and strength is a very viable, fun, practical Southeast Asia tour. Mm-hmm. There's already some collaboration and coordination that's taking place. Guru, uh, Brian Henniger of the PDGA, along with the rest of the PDGA and then a, b- a bunch of the country coordinators and whatnot, all in these conversations. But the fact that we could be in four or five different countries over a six week period and you're seeing people continue to go from one event to the next. I mean, that's, in my opinion, the definition of a tour. And I, I just absolutely love it. And it's going to, I think, continue to grow and thrive. I have, there hasn't been a Philo sighting just yet. I know he's uh, coming to try and defend his title here. So I'm expecting to probably see him today or tomorrow. But um, it's, it's just unbelievable what we're seeing. And hopefully I can continue to 
shed some light and uh, some of the experiences of here in South A- uh, Southeast Asia. Usually it's just that initial plane ticket, folks. Get here on that one plane ticket. Uh, everything after that is very, very reasonable, and you can do it on the cheap if you absolutely need to, uh, and it's very practical to do. So I love it. Um, outside of that, I think, like you said, we hit on the headlines. Uh, we recapped a bunch of the tournaments that were going on, some of the bigger tournaments, a couple of them being covered. In fact, that we talked about a couple of tournaments, one taking place in Arizona that's going to have coverage on my channel, and then one that took place in Malaysia that's going to have coverage on my channel. I don't know if I could possibly be any happier or more blessed by that idea. And uh, I think that's about all I got for, for regular show news. Yeah, we'll get into the after show. I've got one or two little questions for you, and we can uh, we can go from there. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, I'm sure there's. I haven't paid full attention or n- normal attention to the chat board, but I'll uh, try and peruse through it. And uh, if you guys have questions or things that we need to talk about or or uh, could possibly answer for you, uh, go ahead and put them in the YouTube chat, and we'll see if we can get caught up during the after show. Um, big shout out. Big shout out. Uh, we're here and these guys are about to play. And it's, uh, I don't want to switch the camera because mm-hmm. I'll probably then not get it focused. Uh, Latitude 64, presenting sponsor here of the Samui Swine this year. Latitude is worked with us so incredibly and very generous and very helpful in what we're having going on here. Uh, when it's all said and done, 180, 100. I got to think between the two day, the two, the two sets, sets of flights, um, tons of people here, uh, for the event. So huge shout out and thanks to Latitude 64 for being the presenting sponsor here at the Samui Swine. I wanted to make sure I got that mentioned in there and I'm sure I'll talk about it more next week, but big, big, big thanks to them. And dang, Breeze, (laughs) Breeze is feeling good right now. All right, Johnny, let's uh, let's close it out, and uh, then we can jump into an after show, answer any other random questions or thoughts that people have, and then uh, we can go from there. I'm, maybe I'll even go find a beach or put up a drone today. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what's going to happen. With that, this has been uh, Smashbox TV Podcast 491. Terry Miller coming to you guys from Kosamui. Johnny V back in Wisconsin. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Ooh, we'll talk Google Podcasts in the after show. But thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break. Then we'll start up the after show. We'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.